Hey guys, welcome to Keeping It in 99 podcast. Uh, here from Virginia, actually, with uh, Father Anthony Messa. Uh, we appreciate you coming on, and Thank it's uh, it's an Thank honor to have you. Me. Thank you so much for uh, taking time from your busy schedule to uh, to uh, be a part of this podcast. So today, um, something I'd like to talk about is, is, a, is an issue that's like plaguing um, a lot of people in general, not just uh, in the Coptic Church and churches in general especially among the youth. It's something that I, I struggle with in my own life. It's um, this double-minded life, this double-sided life, this two-face. Um, and just like, it, it, I feel like a lot for a lot of people, it's really hard to kind of like pull out of that. So what are your thoughts on like, and tips that you would give to people to like try and separate themselves from that double-minded life and leave, living a single like godly led life? So... It's a great question, and it's definitely something that's not like Coptic youth or even Christian youth. This is just like, this is a human being thing. And I remember when I was young, especially, it's this idea of like, you you want to fit in somewhere. So when when you're at school, you try to fit in with the school people. When you're at church, you try to fit in with the church people. When you're you know in basketball, you try to fit in with the basketball people. Because we as human beings, we were not made to be our own rulers. We were, we were created beings. We're not creators. So we're made to worship something. We're, we're made to follow someone, okay, or something. So the problem is, is if we don't have God in our life, we're constantly looking for someone to kind of like to approve my existence. So if let's say, you know, we don't, we don't believe in God. So I go to school and I want the school people to accept me and I want the school people to like me. So I try to fit in over there. And then I want my parents to accept me. And then I want whoever. Until we realize that that it's God. Like our, our souls are restless till they rest in you, God. That's what St. Augustine said. So until we realize that, that that's where our, our true, like our home is, is for our hearts to be pleasing and seeking only God, we're going to continue to struggle with this. Always seeking to please another person or to fit in with another group. So like in those formative stages of life, like when you're developing, I feel like that's something that's very important is finding like your group, I guess, and finding where you fit in. And I think in my personal life, where like where I struggled the most was definitely between like school and church where it's like I wanted to fit in Monday through Friday, mm -hmm. but I also wanted to fit in Saturday and Sunday. And for me, it was like, and I live fine. You know, I, I was perfect. I, I could live this, you know, half and half life this going through the motions on Sunday mornings you know, and then just doing whatever I want throughout the week and fitting in. And, and it, it, it's really, it, it almost like you feel like there's something missing. Mm -hmm. And I would just like, I, I want you, like, I want to see like what your thoughts are and like, maybe like, how do you come to this realization that you come from this place of going through the, mo it's easy. It's easy just to go through the motions. It's easy just to fit in, but where, like, how do you make that change? How do you make that step? So believe it or not, when I was young, I actually struggled with this in the exact same way. And, and you know, those have maybe heard me talk about my upbringing is my parents raised me in church and they, we had no choice. We went to church, which means we went to church, but I, I really was much more connected with my school friends than I was with anyone at church. I just kind of went to church because my parents were, <laughs> there was no other choice. So I, I totally understand it. The thing with, with, trying to please people or fit in groups outside of God, it never ends because the group may accept you today, but it doesn't mean they'll accept you tomorrow. And the group is constantly changing. So you're always, 
like it's like in Ecclesiastes where it says is is chasing after the wind. That's what it is to try to seek approval from people. It's chasing after the wind because people change. You know, um, like what's cool now changes. Things are constantly changing. For me, it was is was was God allowed me to go through a, a kind of a challenging time in my life, and during during those trials, you don't care about what people think about you when you're in a trial. You you don't you don't care you know, what's this per when, when when things are tough, and things you know you don't have answers to things. That's when you seek something higher. And God allowed me to go through those trials, because that's where I discovered Him. And once I began my relationship with God. And I started living for God and, and seeking to please him. I realized this is so much better than that. And I even remember thinking to myself, like when, when, like I started college and I had, you know, the group of guys that I was friends with and they were great guys. Then eventually I found God and I started to gravitate more towards my church group and spend more time, you know, coming home for the weekend for church. And this group of guys, like they were great, but I, I just remember thinking to my, they weren't really great, but I mean, like they were good guys, but they weren't like spiritually good. I remember thinking to myself, because they were like, how come you're never around? And how come you're always, I remember thinking, I could at any point go over there and have that at any point, but I don't want that. This is what's better. And I, I felt like they were telling me, come back, but deep inside, they were kind, not jealous, but kind of sort of jealous because I had discovered something better than that. Like I had tasted that and I said, that's really nothing to live for. This is much better because this gets me through trials. This is there for me when I when I need to pick me up, all right, when I'm alone or when I'm scared or when I'm depressed or whatever it may be. So I think, unfortunately, unfortunately, the answer oftentimes is trials. God allows us to go through trials and we resist it and we hate the trials and where are you, God? But the truth is the trials are what draw us closer to him. So I've learned that in life, Sometimes those trials, they're the best thing that ever happens to us. And that's something that, uh, like, I've heard, like, a lot. Um, I remember one servant came in, like, asked us a challenging question, and it was, if Adam and Eve did not fall, would they really ever be able to love God? And, like, when you really think about it, like, when they fell and they had to turn back and repent to, to God, like, mm -hmm. it does take so much more than just going through the motions of being in the garden of Eden. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's that same thing, like, uh, like in my life where it was, I went to church every Sunday, I went to church Saturday night, whatever, you know, I just kind of just showed up. Why? Because that's why what not? Supposed to exactly. Do. Yeah. Cause that's what the people around me told me to do. And then when you really, I think for me, it was like when I took ownership of it, when I made it for me, when I made it person, when I personalized it for myself. And I think that's something that I've been trying to, explain to people around me where it's like you you can't you can't explain it you can't yeah. explain the feeling like you just really you have to go through it yeah but what i've discovered is like like you said you have to go through it and you want people like i want you to go through this so you can take ownership it, some people like it's at age 10 some people it's at age 15 some people it's age 20 we're always praying for people and we're praying that you know their hearts would be soft but i know without a shadow of a doubt any, anyone who's watching this podcast, okay, anyone who's out there listening, it's just a matter of time before God works in their life. No doubt about it. God is working. God is working. God is working. And again, some people as age 10, some people at age 15, some people at age 50, okay? There's never a time where God is not working. So we can't rush the process is what I'm trying to say. And all we can do is embrace the situation when God sends it to us 
Everything inside us is we don't want trials. We don't want difficulty. We want things easy. But the truth is, sometimes those trials, they're the best thing for us. Yeah. And I think like going back to like the the whole like double minded thing and the whole like double life where it's almost like flipping a switch on and off. Mm-hmm. And I, I think like another realization that, that comes to mind is when the switch stops switching, like when you realize that you can't just turn on going to church, it's like once you get a taste of what yeah. God is really like, you can't go back to that on and off, on and off. Mm-hmm. You can't because there you you really do feel like something is missing. Absolutely. And it's and sometimes like for me, it was gradual. And I feel like for a lot of people, it's, it takes time. It takes a lot of effort. But what is something that uh, like a piece of encouragement you'd give to someone who's who kind of keeps falling back into this double double sided life, but is keeps like they keep falling back and forth and mm-hmm. back and forth. It's almost a double sided like yeah. nature. So what do you like? What is something you would you would tell them? I think a lot of times we go back and forth because when we go to God, things get tough. Things are hard. Like I'm with my friends and they're giving me, you know, making me feel good, but like, it's kind of empty. So like, I want to go to God, but I don't have any close friends in church. So let me just go back. Or like, uh, you know, th- it's praying is difficult or church. So I just go back. And what, what I, what I would challenge everyone to do is embrace it. Okay. Yes, it'll be hard. Going to church for the first time is hard. You don't know anyone, but embrace it. It's a little bit awkward, but embrace it. You've never been on that retreat. But people keep telling you should come, you should come. But I don't know anyone. And what if, you know, I get a weird roommate? I know, but embrace it. Just give it a try. You have to be able to go through some awkwardness, some uncomfort, discomfort to be able to reach the good thing that God has in store for you. I Again, back to my, my college friends. I could always go back to them. I could always say, you know what? Forget about this. I'm not going to do this. I'm just going to go back. But But this direction is more challenging but it's more worthwhile in the end. And I think that challenge is, is something that a lot of people, they sometimes like we even take it for granted mm-hmm. and it's kind of, we just kind of were like, Oh, something's hard. Let's just run to God. And then it ends and it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. So, and it's, again, goes back to this on and off cycle, but like as, as someone who, who grew up in the church and as someone who, is really invested in the church. And I see a lot of my friends, like a lot of them are not as they, they grew up the same way as me. They were in the church the same amount and they didn't grow up to, they didn't grow like, you know, up to be, um, take like ownership this, of yeah, it. sorry, sorry mm-hmm. to, to take ownership of it. Mm-hmm. Like how can I, as a, as a friend kind of spread that, um, I guess, um, just kind of like show them like it's time for you to embrace it. All, all you can do is live it. Okay. All you can do is live it. I, I always say like our, our job as missionaries, okay, and I know you were on a mission trip recently. So our job as missionaries is to be a lighthouse. A lighthouse has two criteria. That's to A, have a light inside and B, have an open window. That's it. If you have the light, but no window, you're not of much value. If you have a huge window, but there's no light, again, you're of no value. So us as Christians, we're lighthouses. We can't tell the boats where to go. We can't, you know, force people to go here or go there. All we can do is be filled with the light and open the window so that the world can see the light within us, okay, that people may see our good deeds and praise our Father who is in heaven. So that's, that's what I would encourage you with your friends is, I know, like, I know, Isaiah, you got, like, a passion and you want people and, like, I get it. Like, you know, what's wrong with you people? How come you don't get this? But that, that's not how people work. 
And even you see that with Jesus is that Jesus, if anyone would be frustrated, like, what's wrong with you, Peter? Okay, like, how come you can't get this? Like, you guys are fighting over who's going to be the greatest, James and John. Like, what's wrong with you guys? Like, why can't you get it? But Jesus was always patient with people. Jesus always, because he knew that, that you know, sometimes it takes a little bit of time. So same thing is that we want to be filled with light, open the, the window so that the whole world can see it. And in the right time, people will see it. Okay, I can imagine that people were frustrated with me when I was in high school, like my servants, I'm sure they were frustrated with me. I'm sure my priest was like, why can't this kid get it? What's wrong with him? But then in the right time, God spoke, God worked, God, you know, the whole thing kind of came together. So we can't force it, but we can just pray and be that lighthouse, light on the inside, open window to the outside. I really like the, uh, the light on the inside, open window. I think it's, it's like, it's a very simple example, but it really speaks to like, the volume of which like it's it's almost it's almost humbling to know that you can't do anything about it almost like all you can do is be yourself mm -hmm. and it's something that i struggle a lot with a lot like i was actually i was talking to to michael in the car on the way here about how like i always love to like talk about it i always love especially with people at school like they'll ask me challenging questions and I'll, i always like to talk 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 and i'll never I guess, really like listen or think about like what they have to say. And I think it goes, it goes to this point where it's just, just, just live, just be exactly. Christian and people will kind of see it and, and take forth in it. And I think that in order to be fully Christian out everywhere, you cannot live a double-minded life. Mm -hmm. And it's it, obviously it all circles back, but it's, it's very hard. It's very hard for someone to live that one because it's like what you said earlier, it's easy just to go back. Oh, I can just, go back and, you know, on and off, on and off. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's honestly, a lot of people would say it's more fun. Mm -hmm. It's, it's easier. It takes less effort. Um, you have more, more friends, you know, you fit in a lot better, but in reality, what I've noticed is when I made that switch, when I really put effort into, no, I'm doing this because I need to, because I, this is who I am. This is really my identity. When I took full ownership of it, I found truer friends. I found, Absolutely. you know, more happiness, more joy. Like, I have really felt God working in me when before it was kind of just like God works, but not in me type exactly. of thing. And the, but the, the thing is that takes effort that yeah. it'll always be easier to just to go the lowest common denominator. But if we are, if we're willing to put in the work and if we're willing to kind of go through the discomfort, the reward at the end is so much greater. Think of it like, like for me, I got like a sweet tooth. I love to eat junk food. Like I saw some Costco pizza out there. That's like my favorite with some <laughs> ice cream. Like that's my favorite. But that's not good for me in the long run. It takes more effort for me to eat healthy, but I feel so much better when I eat healthy. You're, you're young, so you don't get this. Okay, but when you get to my age, you realize what you eat for breakfast can affect you the rest of the day, at least with me. So it's harder to eat healthy. It's harder to have that, that you know, that, that spinach smoothie. It always be easier to eat the Costco pizza and just pull it out of the fridge and eat it. But in the long run, I'm thankful that I did. It's the same thing here, okay? When I when I gravitate a back towards like a lower level, it's easier, but it'll never be as rewarding. And a lot of people say, like in this effort thing, like I know for me, it's, it's something I, I get really passionate about, but it's like a lot of people don't fully understand that Christianity requires effort. Yeah. And I think it's something that society has kind of created where it's just like, Christianity just like, it just happens, you know, like, you know, you'll be saved one day. Mm -hmm. And it's, it, it, I mean, I, I get where it, where it comes from. I, I get the, the like, um, 
sorry, like, um, that's what I was looking for. The mindset. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I get like where they're coming from. I get like why they say it. It's, 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 um, sorry. It's very like easy to bring exactly. people in. It's very, it's like an evangelistic, I guess, view. It's kind of just like Christianity will happen. It'll happen. Just keep coming. Just keep coming. So, but it really does require effort to put in. It really requires, you can't just show up to church on Sundays. You have to, you know, do stuff outside. So, and a lot of times it's hard to justify that effort. Mm-hmm. Like as someone who just kind of goes through the motions, why would I try harder? Mm-hmm. Why? So what is, what is something you'd like advise someone who is scared to make that change to really put in that effort? But obviously, you know, it's better for them. The problem that we have, what, what kind of describes a word to me that describes the mindset that you're talking about is a consumer mindset. We have a very consumeristic mindset. Why should I? What's in it for me? Okay, come to liturgy at, you know, nine o'clock. What difference does it make if I come at nine or nine ten? Like, what do I gain? It's all about me. It's all about me. It's all about me. That mindset is going to get you nowhere in life. Okay, because in the end, a better mindset is like going to the gym. Does it make a difference if I go to the gym for an hour or an hour and 15 minutes? Yeah, those 15 minutes exercise make a difference. Yeah. So it's the same thing. We have to think of our, our, our spiritual health and say, it's good for me to do certain spiritual exercises, going to church, fasting, praying, Bible, serving, all these things make a difference. But you know, what's in it for me? What's in it for me is an attitude that's not going to get you anywhere in life. And I hope that we as, as Orthodox Christians in particular can throw away this mindset and say, we're not here to say, what can we receive? We're here to say what effort we can put in to be able to get to the spiritual destination, the spiritual health that we want. And I think, like, I really like that mind, like that uh, example. And I think that this mindset of what can I give, what can I give, it's it's such a beautiful mindset in general in life because it, it creates humility. Mm-hmm. It creates the sense of giving. And especially in the service, especially in the service, um, it's something uh, Abuna Nate says all the time. It's, you know, you, you don't serve, like, the service is not for you. Sorry, this the you service not does not need this, you, yeah. the, but you need the service. And yeah. it's that same thing where it's like, I'm putting in the effort to serve, not because, like, like not be, for my own glory, yeah. not because, you know, oh, look at, look at Isaiah, look what he's doing. Mm-hmm. It's because I need the spiritual edification that comes from putting myself below others yeah. and doing things and taking time out of, out of my day to serve others or, or money or whatever capacity it is that you serve. Mm-hmm. And I think service, something that I've grown to notice, service is not just teaching Sunday school. It's mm-hmm. not just standing up and being a deacon. It's not, you know, it's not what you would, con- like when you first think of service, it's the little acts. It's Absolutely. the little things, the things you do at home. Um, it's something that a lot of our servants tell us. It's like, like, you know, a true servant from how he serves at home. Mm-hmm. You know, what does he do that makes life for his family easier? And I think that part of this, again, not being double-minded is being a servant everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. Not just being a servant when you walk in those church doors, but being a servant in every single walk of life and every aspect of life. And I think that in order to do all this, like it requires a lot of humility, I think mm-hmm. is like the number one trait for this. There's something we say in the Gregorian liturgy. We, speaking to God, say, you had no need of my servitude. I am in need of your lordship. Okay. And if you look at like the disciples, for example, like who, who benefited? 
Did Jesus benefit from Peter or Peter benefited from Jesus? Like, who's the winner there? Like, Peter was chosen to be a disciple. Is that because, like, it was, did Jesus really needed Peter? Or Peter, it's like, your lucky day, man, that you were chosen for this. Same thing. I feel like I always say I'm the luckiest person in the world that I get to be in church and I get to do this full time. Like everyone else has to go to work, okay, as bankers or lawyers or doctors and then come to church. I get to be in church all day, every day and spend my whole life around. Like I'm the luckiest person on the planet to be able to do this, that I was chosen for this. It's not that like, okay, God needs me. God doesn't need us. We need him. Yeah, and I think that's like that humility. It's it it goes back to like, you know, not because if you're double minded, right, and you're living this double minded life, you're like, oh, I don't need God. I need him. Like I need him when I want to need him. And it's again, it takes it takes so much out of this humility where you don't feel like you need help. And it's not just in a spiritual sense in general. And it kind of, I think that when you live that single like God led life and you really put yourself out there to God and you're vulnerable, it allows you to grow in so many different fashions. That's not just spiritually. I mean, it helps you grow as a person. It helps you grow like, because there's something that I like to think a lot. I like to say it's that God's not going to forget the effort you put in. Mm -hmm. God is always going to remember it. And whether that means you get rewarded now, 10 years, 20 years in eternity, it doesn't matter, but God will never forget what you give to him. Absolutely. And you can never outgive God, one thousand percent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Abuna. My pleasure. For, thank uh, you for having the podcast. Me. This is I know great. it was in a little short, little short notice, but uh, highly appreciated. We thank you, thank you so much, and uh, hopefully you can come to Atlanta one time soon and uh, bless us with your. Presence. I appreciate it. Keep on fighting the good fight, man. Thank you, Abuna. Thank you. <laughs>